0: Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. com slash save. sonobello.com slash save.
2: All-hit radio.
3: Welcome to the X-Zone A place where fact is fiction, and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
1: In this edition of the X-Zone radio TV show, Rob McConnell's guest is Tracy Dunblazier. Tracy is a Los Angeles-based spiritual empath, shaman, and a nine-time national award-winning author and publisher. As a multi sensitive, Tracy's blend of intuitive information combined with different modalities has provided the opportunity for many to achieve deep healing and create the success and peace they seek in their lives. In 2020, Tracy was elected president of the Coalition of Visionary Resources, the trade organization for the mind, body spirit industry, and in 2015, she founded Go GoTracy Publishing, which has since grown to be a nationally awarded hybrid publisher, that specializes in spiritual healing narrative non-fiction, and, Divination Oracle Decks, tools for meditation and self-discovery. Their best-selling "Conquer Your Karmic Relationships: Heal Spiritual Trauma to Open Your Heart and Restore Your Soul" that was published in August 2020 by Go Tracy Publishing, from the Demon Slayer's Handbook series and Rainbow Warrior Activation Deck of Light in Dark Places. They are game changers for those who suffer. GTP publications expand the reader's understanding of spiritual transformation and offer the knowledge one needs to live their best life. Tracy's compassionate, humorous, down-to-earth style empowers clients, readers, and listeners to address difficult topics with courage and clarity. Because of this, Tracy is consistently called upon by the media for expert commentary on spirituality and relationship dynamics. For more information visit Trace's website, www.traceydonblasier.net. To listen to all past interviews from the X-Zone radio TV show with Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneuniverse.com. From the Master control studios and corporate offices of Realmar McConnell Media Company, and the X-Zone Broadcast Network in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada, on the shores of Lake Erie, I am Craig West. Now, from Studio 4, here is the host, executive producer and creator of the X-Zone radio TV show, Rob McConnell.
3: And thanks a lot, Craig. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios, like Craig said in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada, on the beautiful shores of Lake Erie. If you'd like to send me an email, exone at TV.com on all social media sites, Exxon TV. To find out about the program schedule we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simultv, www.simultv.com. Tracy Dunblazer, welcome to the X-Zone. How are you tonight, Tracy?
2: I'm terrific. Thanks so much for having me.
3: Oh, it's a great pleasure. What was it, uh, Tracy, that put you on the path that you're on, you know, being a psychic, you know, doing all the great work that you do?
2: Well, I was I was born psychic, empathic, clairvoyant, clairaudient, uh, but I was also deeply burdened with... Uh, being open to many spiritual dimensions and a lot of them were very dark spiritual dimensions that my uh, that my psyche and my spirit was open to as, mm-hmm. as a child i would have uh nightmares and night terrors and and dreams and and dark entity visitations and i knew that a lot of it uh had to do with past life energy or information or you could, if you don't believe in past lives like, you can also call them spiritual imprints but either way I carried it in with me, and I knew it was my job in this lifetime to find a way to heal and transform it. So that's what I've done, and my books are a product of that.
3: All right, Tracy, why do you think there are so many people today that show a greater interest in spirituality, the paranormal, things that go bump in the night, dreams, angels, than at any other time in history?
2: Because when we looked outside of us, everything that we thought was normal, in quotation marks, Mm -hmm. we're realizing there is no normal. And that each individual has their own, uh, you know, microcosm of a universe that they, that they relate to. And, you know, I, th- I think that there are multiple spiritual transformations going on globally. And every time one happens, say, on a country level or on a city level, or uh, we have a lot of uh, cultural events, different things that are going on, every time one of those happens, it causes a mass grieving spell for the entire globe. And it lightens up, everyone lightens up from that experience, and it makes people want to dig deeper into understanding why all of this is happening.
3: Tracy, you, you mentioned past lives. Uh, where does past lives fit into it? And, and you know, I've had so many guests on talking about past lives and, and how many lives we actually have before now, and I've often wondered, why do we keep coming back if we've already lived this existence <laughs> once? Like, why put ourselves through it again? <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I mean, that, that's a great question, Rob, because I think it has everything to do with how you mm-hmm. look at life. I think the goal of life ultimately is to finally get to the point of, of embracing just living it and enjoying it, no matter what your circumstances. And I think it takes uh, every individual, whatever trajectory they're on, to, to get to the point where they can find peace in just living the human experience. Uh, past lives or spiritual imprints, as I also call them, um, each soul comes in with a certain uh, set of spiritual imprints that basically give them direction about how they want to perceive uh, situations, people, things, experiences, and what they attract, so that they can work through certain things and cultivate other things, like other uh, abilities or skills. Um, the ability, like for in this lifetime, mm-hmm. one of my skills is is learning to communicate verbally
3: but well, you do a great job you know, so you've I, learned it. so does that mean you
2: you're going to be coming you. back? um well I th- for me i have I, I have definitely this has been a life about grieving uh everything that i have I have lived in other lifetimes but was unable to grieve. so now that that now that I've worked through that process, I feel at peace just being here and that was that was you know, Rob, I had a point in my life. it was about I'm gonna say about seven years ago where for the first time I had uh, my council, as I call them. I, I uh, was asleep. I was in a dream. And in this other realm that I went to, I was having a meeting with this group of people. And they basically said, you can you can go now if you'd like. And I I never thought that I would feel this way if that day ever came. But I was relieved. had <laughs> <laughs> this enormous sense of relief that I no longer had to do things out of a sense of obligation either to myself or others. And when I woke up the next day, I thought, but I don't think I want to leave. So I think I'm going to stay. And if I'm going to stay, what will I do? Hmm. And that was, that was why I decided to write the books. And I didn't write them because I had to tell my story or that I wanted to help people. You know, it was, it was just, I, I wrote the books because I could and coming from that perspective has allowed me just such a wide berth to be truthful to be truthful with others and honest with myself and to communicate honestly without shame. You know, there's, there's a lot of levels that opened up to me by making the choice to do this, not out of obligation.
3: Tell me about, tell me about the counsel that you have. Who are they?
2: Um, honestly, I have never uh, seen them before in this particular, like in that context. Um, so I do, I have many guides, uh, in one of my books, I talk, uh, I, I uh, tell a, a parable that is channeled through one of I've got several guides that I work with, but the ones that I have been working with for the longest. Um and they're all they're all different. Uh I have a, a, a guide named Star Bear who uh he lived as a native, uh, indigenous man here in North America, what was the United States in the eighteen uh late Late seventeen hundred, no, late seventeen, early eighteen hundreds, and uh, now his spirit uh, has guided me this entire lifetime. And he, the guidance that I receive is not—it's not like go do this or mm. you know this is going to happen yeah. or you know this is what you're here for. It's been, uh, what do you want to do? How do you feel about it? You know, do you have to have shame because this happened to you? Like so, the, the guidance has has yeah. really been to encourage me to live fully and to and to release any resistance I had to living.
3: It, it almost sounds as if they're they're mentors. Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, spiritual mentors. And the, the interesting thing for me is, uh, I had I had a unique family upbringing, and felt very isolated. My mm-hmm. father died early on in life. I'm in oh, sorry life, to hear that. And my, I had elder sisters that had moved out. And so it was just me and my mother
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, for some very crucial years. And I felt very isolated during that time because I was having all of this, you know, very strange nighttime night terror stuff. And then I was, uh, didn't really have a support system in my daytime. And my guides really were there for me. They kept me company. I never once felt lonely um, or alone. And I never, their presence really allowed me to not judge my mother, you know, for what she couldn't do for me. It allowed me to see who she was and to embrace what, what she was and why I needed exactly who she was in my life. And to me, that was such a gift because I think that, you know, it's so easy for so many of us when we are disgruntled about our loved ones, especially our closest loved ones, as we get to know who they are and we don't like who they are you know or we're
3: disappointed. Well, that explains all the hassles everybody has at Thanksgiving and Christmas suppers. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
3: Um what what happens between the time from one life to the next? What there's is there a void in between or is there something going on in between that is either um you know Getting us to talk about our our last life that we led, and getting us ready for the next life that we're going to be part of.
2: Yes, all, all of the, that's a really interesting question, Rob. Because uh, every different lifetime, every individual, it's always very different. Okay, um, I've done you know in my I've been in practice for about twenty five years working with clients,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, as well as my own process, and some of the most interesting life between lives. Uh, I had one client who literally spent hundreds of years as with the awareness of emotional molecules. Like wow. that, that entire time was not being in a body, mm-hmm. and the awareness of what emotion was, how it created, how it moved in the universe. Um, that awareness, because it was she wasn't physical, and she was she wasn't necessarily a she right there was no no nothing attached on her presence or her beingness she learned about emotion and what what its purpose was and how it functioned and how it is an actual creator or manifester in the physical world it's it's a phase of manifestation so and how, that was that was one of her lives
3: how many lives do you lives? think that you've already lived
2: ah oh, you know i i mean we people have been on the planet for millions and millions of years. So mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think, I think we don't, I, honestly, I don't care. I yeah. can't imagine that I've not had, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives.
3: Holy cow. But
2: what, what, you know, but what mostly is important mm-hmm. is, is, are the lives that I, that I bring in with me, the imprints that I have, that I brought with me. That's, that's what's what is most valuable for me. I don't think it's possible that ev- that every there's a reason why we only use you know five or ten percent of our brain. There's a reason for that because we uh, we can we can only conceptualize the universe or the galaxies or other planets or extraterrestrials or uh, the amount of emotions or the amount of lives that we've had. right It's a concept to us but when we bring it into a con- cognizant knowing, we can get overwhelmed, and it really changes things.
3: All right, Tracy, so, stand by. We've got to take our first break. And Exo Nation, our guest this hour is Tracy Dunblazer. And uh, her website is www.tracydunblazer.com. Is it Dan Blazer or Dan Blazier? Uh,
2: Dunblazer.
3: Dun Dunblazer, all right. It originally was, yes. Okay, Tracy Dunblazer is our special guest, www.tracydunblazer. Dot .com that's d u n b l a z i e r.com and Tracy and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X Zone with here's truly Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. a song from the past Kenny Nolan and I Like Dream. And This is the I am Rob McConnell. Tracy Dunblazer is our special guest. Her website is www.tracydunblazer.com Now that's T-R-A-C-E-E D-U-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R dot com. Tracy, before we went to the commercial break, you were saying that um, you bring imprints back with you when we come back. Why do we have to bring yeah. these imprints back? And, and why do they take up so much space in the mind?
2: Because I think that they are the math that we use or the structure that we use that is the origins of how we learn, of how we function, about how we recognize ourselves and others mm-hmm. on the planet.
3: Okay, so if we're all reincarnated... I would imagine, Uh if we all go back to where we originated from and we are debriefed and then we go over the next game plan, why are there so many different people, so many different ways that they think, so many different ways that people motivate themselves if we're all from the same place and we all get the same programming?
2: Because it's what makes it interesting. I don't. I, we don't necessarily all get the same programming. One one of the ways to look at programming is uh, generationally speaking. You know, every uh, every twenty years or so mm-hmm. constitutes a new generation of people, and each of those generations has a particular. As a generation, they have a particular need and function.
3: Okay, I to... I, I, I can understand that, but how does that explain? the generations of people, no matter whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the United States, who are very happy just being on welfare for the rest of their life, and they pass that on to their kids, and their kids pass that on to their kids. It doesn't seem that there's any, any reincarnation that is being right. given to them, or, that, or is it that they are just not genetically capable of going forward in life?
2: Um <clears throat> that is a loaded question meaning it's multiple levels that yeah. have to be addressed but mm-hmm. um I don't believe that there's anybody out there who likes to be on welfare for you generation after generation what? Yeah. Uh, what 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 it is is mm-hmm. that there are generations of people that are suffering from the cultural wounds that they incarnated in with and being on welfare, being mm-hmm. feeling victimized, being marginalized okay. as a group in a society are all ways of relating, learning to relate to yourself to find your own personal self-empowerment like, over time and space.
3: Like I, I've known families who are third, fourth generation welfare recipients and they don't want to work. They're happy, you know, cacking you out of school. At an early age, they're happy, you know, going down to the beer store, getting a six-pack or finding somebody to buy a couple of uh, joints from. they are happy. They don't have any desire to get out because the system takes very good care of them.
2: Yeah, I, I understand how it can appear that way. Yeah. I completely do. But I think when you really boil boiled it down, Imagine that you are a person who in the 1800s was enslaved. Okay. And let's say you were born into slavery, and you were beaten and tortured, and you mm-hmm. were maybe, maybe you were the product of like a third generation of enslaved people, say here in America. Uh, imagine what that level of repression, the inability to feel, the inability to show your emotion
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, because it's not safe. Everything that you think, feel, and do is, uh, you know, on, on watch. Everybody's looking at you, seeing you, uh, but not really seeing you. They are, they are looking at you as less than. Right. Except for what you provide. And then imagine dying a nasty, you know, imagine being lynched in that. Okay. And then where does that person go? Where does that spirit go? What's next for them? Right, so then they reincarnate,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and now let's say they reincarnate in, um, say, a, a, a less marginalized uh, group of people. So they have a little more freedom to experience the emotion that they feel, and maybe they maybe they get on welfare because you know what? That's just what they, that's what they're going to do. It's it's a it's a response to what is going on in their spirit, and what's going on in their spirit is an ungrieved original wound so i understand i I believe that there are people out there who they may be third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth Mm -hmm. generation welfare families and and maybe they believe that they like the life that they have but the truth is they aren't free until they free themselves from that dynamic so ultimately every individual has the opportunity to work with where they're at what looks like complacency to you might be basic survival to them Mm. and that's you like we can we can't really judge others because there are so many layers underneath that that they may not even be able to tell you about i mean that's the thing is that that we have a lot of people who are suffering so deeply and they can't even tell you about it because it's so deep to them and, it, and it, they also may not feel it safe to tell another person, or to be honest about what it is. Or sometimes being honest about something m- means something. I mean, people people receive that as meaning something about them and their value or their worth. So, as as the phrase goes, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to. Uh, yeah. judging judging people and their conditions.
3: And one thing I will say that there was no racial implication meant with my question because I know having been a police officer working with the um, people who were welfare recipients who I had encounters with as a law enforcement officer, doesn't matter... Whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're yellow, whether you're green, whether you're red, you know it, it's right? you know it's, it's it's something that fits you know that everybody across the board is involved with. Not all the time. There are those Absolutely. people that there are those people I've seen who have been able to break the cycle and better themselves, and and you know, the uh, the family the family afterwards you know is is quite well and they become an asset to society instead of a hindrance. Listen, speaking about uh, spirits, what, what is a soulmate? I hear this word a lot, especially around Valentine's Day.
2: Yes, yeah, soulmates are souls with whom we have a already predetermined connection. And what that means, we, a soulmate can be anything from a resonance,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like two people who gravitate to each other because they're both angry about life. And so they want to live miserably together. Uh, Or they could have had, uh, when we say somebody's had a past life together, there could be actual soul connections and soul memories that people remember together and that connects them. And then there can also be people who uh, they're living out a particular dynamic in their life and they choose or attract to them other souls who are working on the same things, but just maybe the opposite side of the equation, so that two people can come together to work through things.
3: So is is soul memory the same thing as an imprint?
2: Yes. All oh. the same thing.
3: Okay, so Akashic when... Akashic
2: records is also another term that means the same thing.
3: Now, the Akashic records, I believe that is, that's the records the, of everything that has been and everything that will be. Yes. Uh, And where exactly are the Akashic records?
2: You know, that's a you know that is a question. I don't know that I can answer that. I I think that uh, I think it's it is it is like soul memory that we all have access to. It it would be like a dimension of energy, but because it is it's energy, it's not it's not a place that we go to. It is a mm, it's not it's not a it's not a physical place. It's not a planet. It's not a room. It is something that we can call on and access.
3: Now have you ever accessed the akashic records?
2: I have. that's That's uh, all the past life work that I have done. Mm-hmm. that That is what that is, is is accessing the akashic records to get a deeper understanding of why I do the way, why I do the things I do or why I think or feel the way I do.
3: Now, if somebody is reincarnated, uh, do they always come back to to this realm that we call Earth, this dimension, our third dimension, or are they are they dispersed throughout, everywhere?
2: Uh, it, it would be up to the souls. They can go. They can go and do anything that they want. Living, being a human being, is a very specific thing. You know, we are living in bodies that have access to all of these different realms and we are bringing the higher energy into this world with us.
3: Okay, so if, uh, so if we are all, if this is part of something that we want to do, wouldn't, wouldn't we get tired after a while and say, well, listen, enough is enough, you know? I want, to go sit yeah. on, I want to go sit on a cloud with a harp and enjoy the rest of my time in heaven. Yes. So when, when or who makes the decision that it's time for us to, to call our quits?
2: I think it's up to each individual. Each individual, I mean, like I said, it, uh, the, the life between lives, I think, mm-hmm. is individual for each person. And sometimes when we are tired, when we, uh, many people who die in, let's say a, uh, a tragic or traumatic experience, they, uh, oftentimes their soul is thrown from their body Mm -hmm. and there's an adjustment period where they have to acclimate to, uh, not being alive and then not fully being dead. And that process usually leaves them in, uh, in the ethers. It leaves them there to begin to process what happened and to uh, sometimes uh, begin to work through emotionally why, why they're in that position.
3: But if they've gone through what, this before, if they've had a past life before, shouldn't they know that when this happens that they're dead? And that it's time to go back to wherever they go to get, to get their next mission.
2: Well, yeah. You know how we make fun of people when they have selective memory? <laughs> you know, like you can tell them the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really serve them to remember it. So, you know, you kind of have to just chuckle a little, little bit when you recognize that okay. they're not really uh, present to what's happening.
3: Oh, all right. So it's uh, because they w- would that would that relate to the the veil of forgetfulness? Yes. Okay. Listen. Absolutely.
2: And 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 also consider uh, one of the things that we call mental illness is oftentimes a deep disassociative state where we have set aside an experience mm-hmm. or. Uh, an event that we cannot tolerate we don't know how to process it in the moment so we sit it aside and then sometimes we have personality aspects that we sit aside and and become that those become disassociated so we can appear as if we have multiple personalities
3: all right tracy stand by we've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour and on nation tracy dunblazer and i will be back on the other side of this news break as the X-Zone continues right here from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Love getting your emails. My email address is the same as it has been for the past 32 years. x at x TV dot com. We'll be back. Don't go away.
1: And the way I feel now, I guess I'll be with you till the end. Guess I'm on my way. Mighty glad
3: you stay. Uh, don't forget, XO this coming Sunday, February the 14th, is Valentine's Day. You still have, what, two days to uh, kind of figure out how to get your your significant other, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Something for Valentine's Day, your mom, your dad. And, um, geez, it seems that these years are moving much faster. And especially with COVID, you know, you've got to plan ahead. It's just not like getting in the car zipping over to Walmart or to uh, Victoria's Secrets and picking something up. We can't do that anymore. We have to plan ahead. So I hope that everybody has planned ahead. And to all the beautiful people up there, happy Valentine's Day. Tracy Dunblazer is our guest. Her website is tracydunblazer.com dot com, and that's T R A C E E D U N B L A Z I E R dot com. Tracy, how much does karma play in the lives that we that we all live at one time or another?
2: Well, karma is the ripple effect of every life that we've had, the, the uh, patterns that we set up. And so every, everybody comes into relationships, uh, love, love relationships, sexual relationships are uh, great examples of patterning, uh, the beliefs that we have about gender, the beliefs that we have about partnerships or relationships or love or marriage. All of those things are patterned. We come in with certain patterns that um, orient or align us with a certain concept, and then that concept, as we are born and grow, mm-hmm. uh, is nurtured in the family that we're that we're uh, born to. So, all of that, like you're, who who you are as a soul, may mm-hmm. be the opposite of who your family is in terms of how you guys how everyone relates to love and relationships. It could it could really gel nicely. And be a beautiful nurturing experience, or it could be the opposite of that, where it really puts everyone in the in puts everyone in conflict. So, are and you then the goal is to struggle through?
3: So, are you saying that we don't learn from our parents?
2: Uh, no, we definitely do learn from our parents, but we have we have our own. We are born with our own patterns, and sometimes those patterns don't match uh, the value system that was taught to our parents or that they believe and promote. That happens a lot. Hmm.
3: So how is... I was just going to say, ahead. so how would somebody know whether or not the, the inner turmoil that they may be having or the family turmoil that we, they may be having has nothing to do with their upbringing, but has everything to do with who they were in a previous life?
2: Well, oftentimes that is evident, in what they're attracted to or what they notice about life. So if you are born in one culture, but you have this huge affinity to another culture, uh, you're more comfortable around people from that culture Mm -hmm. or from uh, those traditions than you are from your own, there's a connection that you have, and very possibly you lived another lifetime in that culture. So you're naturally at home in it. And it's the same thing with uh, emotional patterns or uh, the giving and receiving of love, right? How, how comfortable we are with people being affectionate with us or telling us that we're beautiful and, and, and saying, you know, yes, thank mm-hmm. you. I, I feel beautiful, right? Uh, how we relate to ourselves on all levels is first based on our own patterning, and then our parents or our family, whatever the family dynamic is, that will pull certain things out of us, and it will repel certain things.
3: How would somebody go about finding out more about themselves and their past lives?
2: There's a lot of ways that you can do it. I mean, I talk about it extensively in in Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. Uh, You can get a past life reading. Mm -hmm. You can uh, go through a process where you literally ask to receive um, a past life. You can call on it before you go to sleep at night and then see what comes. If you're a person who doesn't yet remember their dreams, I highly recommend that people get a dream journal. And basically what that means is, is uh, when you if you wake up in the middle of the night from a dream mm-hmm. that you have that paper and pen right next to you and you jot it down. You do It doesn't have to be coherent. You just need to get it out of you and onto the paper. And what that does is that it establishes a rhythm that you will then have for future dreams. You will naturally want to remember them and put them on paper. And as soon as you get more and more comfortable at doing that you begin to remember them more and that's when you can call on a past life and you will get it in a dream or a vision or you will have a spontaneous uh you know aha moment you'll have an experience with somebody i've had many experiences where i've met somebody and automatically just had this jolt of light move through me because the two of us are connected and there is a a sense of familiarity Hmm. there's a lot of when, when you when you meet a soulmate There are a lot of different things, uh, different ways that that happens or or how we can relate to it.
3: Can you share some with us?
2: Yes. So uh, automatically liking somebody or automatically disliking them. Uh, Repulsion or deep acceptance Mm -hmm. are two fundamental ways that we recognize a, a past life companion. Um. Being obsessed with somebody, like you, you, you connect with them, and then they're they're all that you can think about, right? That means you've got some some uh, emotional channels or spiritual channels connected with that person. Um, feeling comfortable when you've just met someone, um, being telepathic with them, having an understanding of how they think, how they feel, being able to read them is also a sign of having some uh, past life connection.
3: Okay, but how do we know that past life connection that we were having is real, and it's just not something that we're making up?
2: Well, here's the thing, we, we don't, I mean, where does our imagination come from? All of the information that, that we access mm-hmm. is our spiritual information, and there are a lot of names for it. So... If you're if you're a person who doesn't believe in spirituality, let's say. Okay. Um, you don't believe in past lives. Mm-hmm. That can't be real. Mm-hmm. Right? That means that it's not for you to know at this time in this life. However, if you have a, a deep repulsion to it, oftentimes we, we deeply reject first what we most need. So uh, some people who just don't pay attention to those levels because they really don't need them. They really are functioning in a, in a at a whole other uh, way, and they need and they need to function in that way. They need to be focused. Their all of their energy needs to be focused on what they're doing and how they're doing it, right? And then other people who are deeply connected to a particular dynamic or a way of being, or like I said, they reject it. it. They they repel it. It makes them upset. Both of those are. You know, polar opposite ways to connect to what you most need.
3: So if we and com-
2: get your attention.
3: Right. So if we come back, or when we come back, do we bring the positive attributes of our past lives with us?
2: Definitely. Would Absolutely.
3: We, would we also then bring negative attributes of our past lives with us?
2: Absolutely.
3: So is this where we would have the inner turmoil of good and evil within ourselves?
2: Yes. So good and evil, you know, the whole idea of evil, I've, I've, I've studied evil a lot because, because I've seen a lot of darkness and I've, I've worked with a lot of people who've experienced a lot of mm-hmm. darkness. But what I've learned over, over, the, over the decades of really wanting to understand the nature of evil right. is that people aren't necessarily evil what we are is uh a person a sociopath for example is somebody who is layer after layer upon layer upon layer of dense energy and they they don't allow heartful emotion in they don't feel they don't empathize Mm. and they have layer upon layer of trauma that is unworked through unprocessed and in this lifetime you know Part of there, there really isn't like somebody who's a narcissist, there's no cure for that. And the reason why there's no cure for that is because that person needs to come in in this way and do what they do and, and run on the patterns that they're running on. And that's not right or wrong. I mean, obviously, if, if, if you have a narcissist in your life, you uh, and, and it's and they're not good for you, then you mm-hmm. need to, you know, move away from them because they're not going to change. So where right? did... your, your goal to try to heal them is not helpful.
3: So where does religious philosophy fit in with the past life scenario?
2: Many different, uh, di- different religions feel about it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, past lives, karma uh, is related to uh, the, the Buddhists believe it. Right. Uh, Hindus believe it's part of the Hindu philosophy. Karma is a Sanskrit word that means uh, the reaction to an action taken, right? Or, or ultimately cause and effect. What you do creates a ripple in time that continues to move if you never change it. So uh, everybody has the religion that they need to get the understanding, understanding they need of an aspect of the spiritual dimensions, like, I, I personally don't believe in one there – are, there are many paths to get to where you need to go. And oftentimes, spiritualists have worked with many paths, many religious uh, – many religions. Every individual, if they choose a religion, they are working with those, those – those, that communication of those understandings. But every religion literally works to uh, express the same understanding. It's just it's perceived differently based on culture, based on tradition, based on fear, based on money and resources. But and that, religion today is not no. it's not what it used to be. Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> that.
3: But the fact that we come in with this imprint, would we not have already gone through a number of religious philosophies looking and seeking so, and if that is the case, and we are reincarnated with these imprints, why would we continue a search for a religious philosophy amongst the many other things that it would seem that we continuously look for?
2: <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that, again, that's a, that's, a, that's a unique question, because religion gives people structure. The more, the more one has a religion, the more they don't necessarily uh, have to take responsibility for mm-hmm. their, own, their own relationship to worship. And that's what you're really dealing with. Religion is worship. It is, it is the, the ways in which we um, learn. We learn. It's the, structure, I... it, it's the structure that we begin to used to learn about the creator or learn about higher frequencies of energy.
3: Is oh, I that- I'm having a bit of a problem trying to correlate religion with how we learn. Uh, you know, certain things that are outside of the religious philosophy, especially structured. Listen, you and I have to take our final break. When we come back, let's continue this very interesting conversation with a very interesting lady. I guess this hour explanation is Tracy Dunblazer. Her website is www.tracydunblazer.com. And that's T R A C E E D U N B L A Z I E R.com. Oh, my goodness. Don't forget Sunday, Valentine's Day, if you did not get a Valentine's Day card and present for your mom, your girlfriend, your loved one, those in your life that that you care about so much. I always got my 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 daughter's Valentine's Day card and my granddaughters. They love it. So get out there. Find a way to get to a store. They deserve it. Why not make them a card? You know, get a piece of paper, fold it in half, make them a card and, and put what you really have in your heart on that card, and give it to them. guarantee you'll bring a smile to their faces. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
2: enough to
3: back Michael Jackson man in the mirror says a lot about uh, the world we live in my wife my wife truly believes that all problems can be solved by consulting and looking at the man in the mirror hmm food for thought Speaking about food for a thought, our guest this hour, Tracy Dunblazer. Her website is www.tracydunblazer.com. That's dot rcom First of all, Tracy, thanks so much for joining us. Great having you with us. And um,
0: Thank you. You know, uh,
3: there's so much to talk about. There's so much we don't know. It seems that there's so much coming to the surface now. And how do you explain that? That more and more people are are looking inside for the answers instead of outside for answers.
2: Because because we have to. The, the energy on the planet has really gone through multiple shifts.
3: It sucks.
2: And <laughs> well, here it's, it's it's well if if you if that is your take on it, then it's always sucked. We just didn't know about it. We just didn't know how bad. Because what we're seeing today has always been here. We just created, created a way where many of us could ignore it. Now, no one can ignore it. And we all are the solution to these changes that are happening. We can't, we can't address something in our, in, our, uh, in our world if we don't acknowledge it. One of the things that I'm, I'm starting a new, a new membership program, it's called Uh, living radical acceptance. And living radical acceptance is being willing to just accept where you're at, how you see yourself, who you are, who you're connected to, who you're related to, the world outside of you. Accept things as they are, even if it's painful, even if it's ugly, even if it's upsetting. If you will accept it, you can then begin to one by one resolve your relationship to each thing that is creating conflict for you. But if you don't ever see it or accept it, if you continue to obfuscate and talk around it, Mm -hmm. it it, it just, it's going to take you longer and longer to get to where you ultimately are going to go. There is nobody living on the planet today that a, didn't want to be here for this time. This is a period of time that people have been prophesying about for Generations, hundreds of years and in this period of time each of us have to reckon with ourselves first and then the world that we live in.
3: So if we're not part of the solution we're part of the problem.
2: That is correct.
3: Do you think that, that beautifully said do you think that there will come a time when we'll all be on the same path working for the same goal and 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 just getting along and working towards that utopian life that so many believe is out there.
2: You know, that's a, that's a question that I ask myself
3: mm-hmm.
2: quite a bit because I I don't know that I believe in utopia. I believe that uh, the 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 human experience and especially this this three D planet that we're in uh, it, it is it's intended to. Um, there is a duality here that is that is a teaching tool, and you know will will it in in a thousand years no longer have this dualistic nature i don't know i don't I, I think that the 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 goal isn't necessarily to live in this happy go lucky utopia where we're all all on the same vibe i think I think the real purpose is to accept that we're all different. And that there, even even if we disagree, even if we don't like what someone else does or says or is, that we can find a way to not make it about them. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, not let I let do. them live and you live.
3: Something I've I've noticed uh, in this, well, in the last let's say five years leading up to the the COVID pandemic, the political unrest, the climate change, uh, and the list goes on and on that we were, we're seeing every day these days, is that yes. people are so anxious. Anxiety has just gone crazy. Is this part of the, the changes that we're going through now?
2: It really is. If people can think about their anxiety mm-hmm. not as mental illness, but as a, an upliftment of their spirit, the more you go through the spiritual transformation and, and beco- begin to become aware of the multiple dimensions of energy, being clairaudient, being clairsentient, just being telepathic, having connection, deeper connection with people, the more you do that, your anxiety is, becomes chronic. And it might be low grade. You might be just a little anxious all the time, and, and essentially, you have that anxiety until your whole body acclimates to that new vibration. And that when I say vibration, what I mean is a new perspective, a lighter, more expanded perspective of yourself or of life. And so if, if people can begin to learn to, uh, you know, little techniques like uh, not doing caffeine as much or uh, deep breathing different ways to help your body acclimate to this new frequency of energy, uh, your anxiety will eventually dissipate until the next uh, transformation.
3: Once again, I have to ask you, if we come to this new life after, you know, after passing on and and coming back with the imprint, why aren't we programmed? to To understand what is going to happen so we don't go through so many traumatic changes in our lives
2: well i I, I don't know the 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 most wise people I've ever mm-hmm. connected with have a have, they have a love of of the emotional flare of things <laughs> so um, trauma is how you perceive it how you relate to it, how you choose to be empowered in it or not. And I'm not talking about victimized, being, being victimized, because that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's its own thing. Yeah. But in terms of this spiritual transformation that we're all going through, we have this illusion that, you know, life is all about being happy and happy-go-lucky, when being happy is really about your relationship to what life is. And life is ups and downs it is it is a roller coaster of emotions and experiences and abilities and skills that we have access to and can choose at any given time if you empower yourself to do that oftentimes we, when, when when someone has anxiety they feel they're in our, our even our culture it tells them that they're weak that they're mentally ill that there's something wrong with them that they need to take a pill to change and that's that's a fundamental you know issue with how we relate to mental illness today because there are so many people in in the in the spectrum of spiritual transformation mm-hmm. that the condition that they're in is going to be uh, it's going to be temporal it's not going to last forever it's just helping them to tra- transition from one perspective to another
3: so how would we best in your opinion deal with anxiety, deal with stress, deal with the uncertainty that we're all feeling these days?
2: There are a lot of things. I I think that uh, ritual, and this is why uh, religion is either really popular or really not popular, but religion or ritual, ritual is one's relationship, the, the things that we do that help us build a relationship to our higher self or the Creator. And so rituals um, like deep breathing, like yoga, um, like uh, self, self-reflection. self If we give ourselves a little time each day to be calm, to ground, even take our shoes off and put our feet on the ground, even though, even though it's winter, <laughs> but, you know, but we, we take a little time to stop for a minute and tell ourselves, you know, everything is exactly the way it needs to be and we are well and protected. We are safe and protected. The first level of feeling comfortable is to feel safe. Once we feel safe, we want to know that we're loved. Once we feel loved, we want to know that we're going to we always have more than more than enough. Right? And so wherever you're at, whatever your biggest concern is, whatever you're worrying about, give yourself an affirmation that claims you having this thing that you are worried about, that you have what you need when you need it at all times on all levels.
3: Do you think people are afraid of being loved?
2: I do. Yeah. Because being loved, it, it moves you. you when, when, when we share love, when we share a connection with somebody, and, and again, all of this emotion that we are experiencing globally is making us be connected to all of these people that we don't know. (laughs) The Internet is is a great example of that. Internet dating is a great example of that, right? We can be intimate and even sexually connected, which means energetically connected to somebody across time and space and never actually see them.
0: Well, I don't know about that.
2: That's that's a new phenomenon that people are beginning to understand. We connect with people across time and space and when we love them what we what we consider is love is mm-hmm. is a deep connection it's a it's a close and vivid connection with someone and 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 mm-hmm. then having that connection with us i mean being seen i think some people have a harder time really being seen for who they are because they somehow don't appreciate themselves
3: before. and they want to remain the man behind the curtain Exactly. Listen, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, what are your final thoughts, then? What would you like to share with the XO Nation tonight?
2: I would like to share a quote from uh, Conquer Your Karmic Relationships, and it's on unity. And it is, Unity is the coming together of all parts of ourselves, loved, misunderstood, and unknown. And that is truly the unity that we're seeking.
3: Oh. And how can our listeners find your books? And um, are you going to be having any courses uh, in the near future that you can uh, tell our listeners how to get a hold of you Absolutely. and to share them? Be-
2: yes. Uh, in, in, the, the, in the middle of March, I will be launching, if you go to TracyDunblazer.com, mm-hmm. I've got a Living Radical Acceptance. It's going to be a membership program, and there's going to be a, you can tune into a Zoom call with me every Friday at 1 o'clock, um, or tune in anytime. time. There'll be the recordings uh, loaded on my site. But it's going to be an interactive where you, can, where you can connect to the community of other like-minded people. And, and, and basically, we're going to talk about some of these really hard-to-talk-about topics. Um, you know, like what, what is uh, inflammatory language? Right. Right? Really breaking down certain things to help people better understand the world that they're living in and, and prepare them to deal with it. Um, and they can, people can get Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. Uh, anywhere. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, I would love it if you could go to your local spiritual store, any any independent bookstore. I would love it, but Barnes & Noble has it too, so anywhere you uh, can pick up a copy, uh, it's it's there for you.
3: All right, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, uh, Tracy. Take care of yourself, and to you and yours, be safe out there, and once again, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. All right, Exonation. Once again, if you'd like to contact our guest this hour, Tracy Dunblazer, and thank you, Craig, for scaring the heck out of me with the uh, with the early bumper. Her website is www.tracydunblazer.com. That's www.tracydunblazer.com, and that's t r a c e e d u n b l a z i e r rcom I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exon. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. make
0: a change once in my
2: life. It's going to feel real good. Going to make a difference. Going to make it
1: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.